Same difference. Yeah. Hey everybody, <laughs> we're here at CS, and we're here with one of our favorites, Vikram Meyer, who is the head of global public policy at Postmates. Welcome. Thank you. I like that I'm a favorite already. Yeah, you're well, the yeah, favorite. Well, yeah, because I use Postmates, and I like it. Nice. So that's why you're a favorite. Yeah. Congrats. Nailed Congratulations. It. I don't think there's really anything I mean, else to say. Should we stop? <laughs> no, we should, just, we should just stop it right there, because <laughs> you're like, hey, Jeff, would you like to be like even more lazier than you are? And I'm like, yes, yes, I would love that. <laughs> so again, perfect. everybody, Vikram Meyer, you don't want to miss this. He heads up global public policy at Postmates. We're talking today a little bit about experiences. So... How do you become an experience-driven business? When you hear those words, mm-hmm. you know, how does Postmates or any company you're advising or anything, how, how do you become experience-driven? What does that mean? I think that it's a, in many ways it could be a, considered a term of art, and so for some businesses it might mean something very precise. When I hear that, though, um, I hear two, two elements. Um, one is from the point that you even consider downloading an app or you consider hey, I heard my friend say that they were able to use this service um, all the way to actually turning it on, placing an order, waiting for that order to come, getting it, eating nachos at, you know, 2 p.m. on a Tuesday. Mm, Um, Yes. (laughs) That whole arc of that process um, needs to be uh, seamless, it needs to be friendly, it needs to be quick, and it needs to have a very um, decent interface. And I think that's a very business approach to understanding what the overall experience can be when you're dealing with a product, particularly a digital product. Um, but the what it means to me personally, I will say, you know, I spent about uh, nearly a decade, a uh, bit more, working only on behalf of uh, elected officials or government agencies. And so my experience is much more in the public sector, in, in issue-based work, in, in public policy work, legislative work. And so the experience can also mean, I think, more and more these days for a lot of companies, you know, not only do I elect to, to use your product to get something from a local store, but what does the experience of getting that product stand for? And by that I mean I think you see more and more companies taking stands on a vast array of issues, um, whether it's uh, you know a giant like Tim Cook and Apple mm-hmm. um, pushing back against uh, the FBI when they asked uh, Apple to unlock an iPhone and they say they stood for data protection and they took a stand, um, or something maybe more uh, human in scope in which you know Postmates today um, joined 115 companies and there's a big ad in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times really demanding Congress create a fix uh, for a lot of our dreamer uh, brothers and sisters and, and, and neighbors uh, around immigration reform for DACA. Um, or maybe you know you see a, a president you agree with or disagree with on climate policy and instead of you know disagreeing with them visibly through your product, the experience that the product brings to the table is how can we use our superpower, whatever we do as, an, as a business, for good? How can we use our vast logistics network to minimize our carbon footprint, for example. Um, And so I think the experience that most people are going to feel these days, in some respects, is just going to be a click of a button and a product appearing at their door for a company like Postmates. But for many people, it will also be about the values that you stand for as a company. And I think it's a a pretty cool time to be at that intersection because I think more and more CEOs have a platform or a bully pulpit to, to state what that experience means to them. You're hearing a lot right now this idea of tech for good. Yeah. Um, which is really what you're talking about. So like how, how can we use whatever our platform is to do something really great? Yeah. What's Postmates doing in that space? So I think if you 
take a look at um, the superpower again, right? Uh, for a company in this peer-to-peer sharing economy, gig economy space, um, you know, Airbnb superpower might be housing. They can help uh, affected communities or Syrian refugee communities. Um, Lyft superpower might be transportation. If you need to help um, uh, someone who lives far away from the bus stop, just close that last mile gap and get to the bus stop. Um, I think our superpower right now is logistics. And right this year, um, you know, the Texas and Florida faced pretty bad hurricanes, as well as Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were actually able to use our network of couriers, we call them Postmates, um, to deliver items to evacuation zones in Dallas, for example, when a lot of people in Houston in the eye of the storm were getting evacuated up there. Or in California, where, where Postmates is headquartered and where I live, um, there are these blazing fires that covered Napa and Sonoma County. And so we used uh, the power of our network and our merchants, that the businesses that sell on the platform, to actually create these drop-off points. And these were essentially drop-off points where you or I, if we had essential goods at our house that we didn't need or wanted to donate, batteries, uh, blankets, shoes, you could drop them off. And the network of both Postmates couriers as well as company employees that work at Postmates um, could were routing those up to evacuation centers up north. So I think this is something where we're starting to take stock of. We have a product out in the market. It's had that product market fit. People are using it. Yeah. Um, you can both grow the revenue and grow the, the reach of that product across as many markets as you can over time, but you can also do so with an eye towards how do you leverage um, that product or that superpower to really go after the most impacted communities in any given moment. And so I think we're really proud of that in 2017, and we're, we hope to turn more of that on into a turnkey model where we can um, help out communities, particularly disaster-impacted uh, ones, um, when there is you know a need for that. I think you make an interesting point about the logical connection between CSR and marketing and just overall product or service, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you, where do you take... From a from a standpoint of marketing for for Postmates, where can where can it go? Like where where can this business? Because it's an established point now, but mm-hmm. where can you take it? Both um, you know as a business, but also in CSR efforts, which you kind of got to there. Yeah, I think I'll start with the business first. One thing that we're really excited about is. Um, you know, if you're a Postmate, or sorry, if, you, if you're ordering something, you know, we're here in, in Las Vegas, um, and if we wanted something delivered to us right across the street, a Postmate courier would bring it to you. Um, but that is really short distance, a really short distance for them. And so we've been, and, and that financial payout isn't that glamorous. Um, a mile and above, and then the earnings get really, really meaningful. You know, somewhere between 19 to $27 an hour can be made, and it's better than minimum wage in most mm-hmm. states. And so we started experimenting, how can you close that last mile gap? Really hyper short distances, in which maybe it's not useful for the human courier to be asked to take that job because they're not really getting paid too much, mm-hmm. um, nor do they want to. But you also don't want to penalize the merchant, the local business that has an extra sale potentially from making right. that. Right. Condition people to use this product, and they're going to rely yeah. on it, even yeah. if it is across the street. Right. Um, so we started testing these little, uh, what we call robotic rovers. They're basically little coolers on wheels that uses similar lidar technology yes. as a driverless car. And I think from a business perspective, that's a very interesting. One can view that as a pivot for Postmates, mm-hmm. um, but in many respects, it also just 
sort of describes the way that transportation and commerce is changing in the way they move in cities. Um, so, you know, building on that kind of innovative prowess, we um, announced with Ford earlier this week, and Ford CEO Jim Hackett was on the CES main stage in which he announced a partnership with Postmates, and we're going to start testing driverless car deliveries, in which we're really trying to evaluate what the handoff looks like if a merchant uh, is not dealing with any human, but it's putting it into a cargo bay of a car, and yeah. the courier, or if you, or sorry, not the courier, the customer, if you're, uh, you know, what, what are your, what's your reaction going to be like if you actually have to get off your couch to retrieve your item, as opposed to having somebody bring it to your door? As long as I don't have to chase it more than four houses. That's my, that's my direct <laughs> answer about what? that. We will um, get that data to Ford because again, right away. Because four <laughs> houses, like... I, now I imagine like this picture in my head, and for anybody listening, like the worst case scenario is it's like just a slow moving vehicle with like the food hanging out of it, and now it's like but, grab it. But now and then I'm just yelling New Year, New Me, <laughs> and I'm chasing after this food. But that's you, you're in an interesting space because you're trying to you have the process of trying to condition people to do something in a different way. You're in a disruptive space, right? Um, what do you do? three, four years from now when there's obviously going to be a challenge and this is kind of like a marketing, public policy and everything question where you might, from a business standpoint, want to get more into automation Mm. and do more driverless but you also know you have a kind of a responsibility to trying to create jobs for other people sure. in the gig economy. So how do you balance that down the road? It's a great question, and I think it's something that is on the mind of the CEO every day and the whole yeah. company. Um, our vision, if you if you take a look at the rovers or the driverless cars, or we've even started to introduce electric bikes and electric scooters, our commitment is not necessarily to have one product supplant the rest. In mm-hmm. fact, it's how can we test different urban transportation modes right. for diff- different topographies and create efficiencies in our overall And wherever chain. they make the most sense. Wherever they make the most done sense. Because you've done a good job of explaining to, so if somebody is a, a purist where they go, no, you can't keep taking jobs away and you can't use automation, which, look, that's going to happen either way. We know that's going to happen. But you make a good point for, okay, in this mile space, this is why we're doing this. Yeah. Well, I mean, a couple of thoughts. Right now, we have the largest on-demand anything delivery network that you can get you know, from an app, a click of the button, um, in the United States. And so we have a, to make that happen is the power of the actual human touch. We have 150,000 uh, Postmate couriers that are live right now at any given point on the platform. And they're making deliveries not only for you, the customer, or on behalf of the merchant, the local business selling it to you, but for the company, right? That's where we're seeing rapid growth. That's how we've been able to expand into 250 cities and, and most recently, uh, Mexico, Mexico City. So for us, it's not about, we don't want to get rid of them by any means. Right. We actually would like to continue having them hand off goods because that's more sales and that's good for business and that's good for growth. Really what it comes down to is how do you add to that, right? How can you make additive investments in R&D in new innovation? Innovation that is likely to, um, not likely, but is here today, right? Yeah. We see driverless cars tested in Arizona and Pittsburgh. Our robotic rovers have been tested in Washington, D.C., in parts of the Bay area in northern Virginia and so this is a full complement of tools that can be put out there and you know to that point our CEO actually went and testified to Congress um, this past year in 2017 to the House Energy and Commerce Committee um, a subcommittee and ended up saying look 
this is for augmenting the type of delivery that we do. Um, we're all about unlocking your city so you can buy things locally, so the businesses in your district, congressman or senator or congresswoman, um, can sell even more. So to do that, we need a place to, to test, right? And I think it's really important that you look at the automation question that you don't necessarily, for all of the McKinsey reports that are out there, for all the estimates about job impact and job loss, there's a lot of unknowns, right? We don't even know, are these uh, robotic rovers the most efficient delivery time for us, for example? So so the more and more we can keep testing, the more insight that we'll have and the more information we can share back with the government as to what are the types of skills you need to operate a whole fleet of rovers or what are the types of um, impacts that this is going to have on businesses being able to sell more. Or more recently, maybe more to the point of tech for good, we actually were recently able to work with an SF-based group called Swords to Plowshares that um, you know made mention to us that uh, Navy and Air Force veterans are really, really keen and, and savvy in navigating robotics and automated tools, which made that a prospect for hiring onto the Postmates team as we continue to tinker with partners that make these robots. So I think that you have to look at it as a full suite, not just like, oh, you know what, don't worry about it, we're just going to add jobs, but we also need to test it in conjunction with the human touch and then come to a clear-eyed way of how you balance job loss and regulation. When you have a lot of logistical data, yeah. which can be used in a variety of ways and we're kind of living in this era where and I'll, I'll let Mark close here in a second but you kind of living in an era where the business might not necessarily be the obvious business it mm. might be all the things that you're doing by collecting that data and that's where you are, you know a handful but specifically you are positioned in an interesting way to affect change on a variety of different platforms for sure what a pleasure to hear what's happening with, with Postmates. How interesting. Thank you. That, that, that tech for good is something that's really central, central to your culture. Central to the culture. And actually, I'd, you know, conclude by saying that for Postmates, we've got, uh, if you think about what happens right now with you or I using an e-commerce platform to deliver, <laughs> um, we've all used an Amazon.com or some folks have used Walmart.com or Google Fresh. They all build warehouses out on the outskirts of cities and then funnel goods into town, right? It's hyper convenient, comes to our doorstep. Yep. But what we're really doing is the inverse approach in which we index the whole city, what products are different stores offering and our stores offering, and then we treat that as our warehouse, which means that we're giving local brick and mortar retail, the local hardware store, local taqueria or local bakery, the tools they need to distribute their goods, which means that in an era in which a lot of, you know, the mall is existentially threatened, is that going to not be a thing anymore, or is a local store going to shut down a hardware store because you're getting your light bulbs from Amazon instead? In that era in which e-commerce provides these threats, we're able to, to help you buy locally and unlock the best of your cities and facilitate growth for those local retailers. So I think the, the, the business model is all about that, um, but if you think about local retailers and their growth, you know, once a year after Thanksgiving, we have Small Business Saturdays. Uh, great campaign, but I think yeah. that can be every day if you decide to just buy within your community. I love that. Awesome. Everybody, go check out Vikram Iyer. He's the head of global public policy at Postmates. It's been great to have him here on the show, and hopefully we'll get to talk to him soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Happy Thank New Year, guys.